Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Scott David Chase. This is my truth. Tell me yours. Uh, on this episode, I spoke with Beth Wittenberg. Um, this episode, like every other episode this season, is brought to you by WeAreDapperTies.com. Uh, they sell neckties, a wide variety of styles, fabrics, colors, so on and so forth. Uh, if you go to the website, if you find some stuff you want at checkout, if you put promo code TRUTH, you will get free shipping in the continental United States. So uh, thanks to them for sponsoring us, um, as well as every other podcast on this network. Uh, Beth Wittenberg is a visual artist, uh, someone who I became friends with several years ago. And we actually shared uh, a studio space in Dover, New Hampshire, uh, about a year and a half ago for about a year with other artists as well. But, uh, you know, has, has been a huge influence and uh, inspiration to me as a, as a creative person and, you know, as well as a friend of mine. Uh, we were talking about how the fact that this is only the second time we've gotten to see each other this year, uh, her and her wife and her cousin came out to an uh, art opening that I had in the spring, and this was the second time I went to her house, and we sat and chatted for, you know, about an hour and a half or so, and, you know, it was a great conversation. I know that we're going to have more. We've had plenty in the past. This was just a little snapshot of September 2018, and, you know, we talked about a lot of different stuff, and, um, you know, this is the type of conversation that uh, is the whole reason I started doing this podcast in the first place. These are the types of conversations I love having with other creative people that inspire me. So hopefully that'll come across as you're listening to it. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Funny because Penny, I'm gonna move you. You can you can hang out with me, but I'm gonna move you. So we just found the best friend. Yeah, you you guys have always been best friends. Hi, Penny. Hi, Penny. For those listening, Penny is very tiny. She's a she's like ten pounds. Yeah, she's pomapoo. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, she's a poodle pomeranian, mixed very you know, very vicious dog. She's it was just it, licking my face, but it's been a it's been a little while since yeah, I've seen. I mean, it's it's been a little while since we've seen each other. Um, well, I mean, you've been back and forth to Maryland, to Maryland a bunch. A bunch yeah. um, I mean, we saw each other. I saw you at your show at Main Street Art, which I, was I, I want to say like November. Was it no it was, spring? It was this year. It was spring. I want to say it was like April or May. Yeah. Um, so it's been a few months, um, and it's funny, like, and it's not like we even got a really uh, we even had a chance to talk. Like you were doing your thing, I didn't want to. You were painting. It was right. Fantastic right. to be able to watch you actually. Yeah, that was. I had never done that. Before. I've never painted at at a showing before, and that was uh, and that was totally Gina Bowker's uh, idea. To do I, that. I love it. Yeah. I mean, what's it, better than going to an art show and seeing the artist actually working? That's it was fun. It was also it was something that the idea of it really stressed me out. But I was just like, okay, I'll give it a try because I try and particularly artistically, if I if I get a like an anxious feeling about it, 
for something I haven't tried, I'm like, well, it's good for me to step out of my comfort zone. Um, I mean, I'm kind of, it's funny, you were asking me in the kitchen if I'm making art right now. I am, I'm working a ton right now. I'm working three jobs. Um, So I work at Trader Joe's. uh, And then I'm... The one in Portsmouth? The one in Portsmouth, yeah. And then I'm doing delivery for a bread company a couple days a week. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I like that. And I'm still doing... uh, watching jewelry two days a week and it's and it's funny because you know i left the watching jewelry as a full-time thing to try and pursue art but it's this year's been a you know like a learning learning and i knew it was gonna be it wasn't like i wasn't like okay i'm gonna quit and do art and then i'm just gonna be able to kick back and relax you know i knew it was gonna be a struggle but this winter was really tough where like we got a lot of snow and so I ended up missing a lot of work because oh, right. the mall was closed and commute. Yeah, and you know it was just you know there were there were a couple days where I would get there two hours after I got there they'd close the mall oh, yeah. and it and it's one of those things that like you know instead of taking an hour and a half to get there it took me three hours to get there and three and a half to get home so you know I'm in the car for six and a half hours to get paid for two hours and I mean that's part of why I took the Trader Joe's job too because it's. 15 minutes from where I live now and um, but the flip side of it is uh, I'm getting all these art opportunities now and I'm working like 60 hours so it's trying to find that balance um, and this and you know it's year one so I have I'll have some better kind of strategies for the second year um, you know I'm still making art Right. I, I just haven't seen it. You post it. So I it always like when I don't see it, I'm like, oh my gosh, what's yeah. going on? It's, um, there's still, I mean, it's also the algorithms. Too. Yeah. So the you algorithms know what I mean? Like I, I did just go back and look at some of the work that you do, you, that you were doing. Like yeah. you saw the grapefruit piece and I yeah. really, I really responded to that. And so I clicked back and see, see what you're up to. But nice. Unfortunately, Facebook doesn't give me the option to see every Scott David Chase post like I used to see them. Yeah, it's weird. And it's funny because I'll see people, you know, repost a thing that are like, hey, because of Facebook's algorithm, here's what you need to do if you want to see my stuff. Which you can do. The the thing that people don't talk about is it's only, there's only a finite number of like people that you, I think it's 15. So if you select that, you know, I would like to see this person's text first there's some or you know posts first there's somebody else who you were seeing who's then going to get lost in the shuffle and it's you know you're not the first person that's told me hey i don't see you post stuff all that often um i'll see posts from friends who are doing stuff that i'm genuinely interested in that like like an event that they were doing that happened two days ago but i don't see it until two days after just because of the way the facebook algorithm is and you know it is what it is they you know they're they're in the business of, of making money. So they, you know, however they do it. I mean, it's funny too, because my art, I have an art page on Facebook as well. And every time I post something, I get a message from them. Hey, do you want to boost this for $20? Yeah, and I'm okay. just like, is that Southpaw? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just kind of like, fuck off. Like, I know, but when, if you just, if you don't give them money, they limit how many people can see it. And I don't know if you're, if you're, into the Instagram, but I have been hit up like I can't even tell you how many times I've been hit up by art 
so so-called galleries and mm. collectors and collectives that want me to pay them money so they can they can flash my art on Instagram and I've like a, I feel like people are taking advantage of artists like well I, I mean if every person if I gave every person fifty dollars to show my art for you know five, or five images right like I. I can't do it, and I can't differentiate which are the ones that I need to do and which are the ones that are just like... For sure. Right. Just like, st- I don't want to stroke my own ego. Right. You know what I mean? If I put my art out, I, wa- I actually want, what? Viewers to see it. Right. You know, I want people to see it. Right. And, and, and genuine kind of discovery and whatnot. Yeah, I, I haven't gotten messages on Instagram, although I have gotten several emails on the email address that's attached to my Instagram. Um, it's more for the podcast than for art, but it's always like, Hey, we can help you grow this. Just send us this much. And I'm just like, I'm all set. Um, and it's a weird thing because I've had people who, you know, are involved in art in various ways be like, well, you could do X, Y, and Z to increase this. But I, the, the way I look at it, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm working 60 hours a week right now, and I'm still just kind of like scraping by, but it's more I'm playing catch-up from being broke all all winter and trying to, you know, well, get out of debt. But for me, art has always been, or at least in the last five, six years, a passion for me, and I don't want to compromise that passion by trying to yeah i mean it's great if i can make money doing art but i'm not going to compromise what i'm doing for art just solely to make money because i feel like that's what i work right it's interesting because i i remember when you decided to get out of watching jewelry and you said you know i'm going to give it a go Mm -hmm. i'm going to try it i'm going to try to make art my career yeah and i have been I've been making my art career for this long. Mm-hmm. I I don't make any money at right, it. Right. But my my art career is is almost a thirty year career. Right. So it's like, um, you can have the art career, and but you have to live like kind of like an artist, mm-hmm. where you you take smaller jobs to to pay your you know expenses, right. and then you you make art. But right. you you're finding yourself with no time to make art. Well. I still make time to make art. I mean, the nice thing about the jewelry job is I have a lot of downtime. So I create art. I I um I usually make at least two pieces on the days that I work there, but I'm only there two days a week. So I'm trying to trying to make time when I have downtime. I mean, because right now I have about five commissions that are backed up. Um, just trying because. Uh, and I did a little work on them earlier in the week, but it's, whereas six months ago, I was putting in 30, 35 hours a week making art. Right now, it's probably half of that. Um, and again, it's, like I said, this year is going to be a learning thing. It's trying to figure out the balance. There's also plans in next, in, in January, to reduce the number of, of job jobs that I have, but it's also like, I was talking to my brother about this yesterday. Um, this past winter was, was the toughest winter 
in recent memory for me, mainly because I wasn't working that much, but I also hurt myself this winter. And you had a lot of loss. I did, you yeah. You had a lot of loss. Yeah, it was, a, it was a tough year. So every January, when, when the weather gets, you know, dreary, I always wish I could take a little vacation, but, I, but I'm always broke at that point, and work has kind of dried up. So when I looked at the number of hours I'm working, because Trader Joe's, it's like, oh, do you want more hours? And I'm like, I can't read. Like, I need to be able to sleep. Because right now I'm working three days a week. And I had one week where I worked four days a week. And it was just, it killed. And it was only, the fourth day was only a five-hour shift. But it just wipes me out because it's funny. I, I went in there last night to pick up a couple groceries. I wasn't working, but I had finished up. And they're like, oh, day off, huh? <laughs> and I was like, nope, just day off from here. I'm like, I worked one of my other jobs. But, uh. So the plan is to work through the holidays at all three, and then one of them is is going to go by the wayside. Um, I'm pretty sure which one, but I haven't I haven't talked to them yet, so I'm not right. That's uh, a secret. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not even a secret. It's more well, just we'll see how the next three months go. But the the plan is to you know take take a step back and uh, um, you know I'll I'll have hopefully enough money saved so I can actually go on a vacation, but also I'll have the freedom to kind of do a little bit more art. So, cause I know if I, yeah, I'm sure like 50 States in 50 days was not vacation. No, it was, that I was mean, like, it was great, grueling, but, but it was, me. yeah, it was a very like, I mean, it's funny cause it's, it's this week is actually, no, next week is the week that I left. A year ago, oh, wow. which I'm like, this year flew by, but it was, so when I got back, I was couch surfing for two months, didn't get when into you the, got back? when I got back, yeah, I didn't have a place lined up, uh, because I didn't really know where I was oh, going to wow. be, and oh, it, wow, wow. it took a little longer than I thought, I thought I'd be back for maybe two weeks and then find a place, and it took almost two months. And the place that I ended up moving into wasn't ideal, uh, but it was within my budget, and especially with the winter the way it was. But um, I hurt myself at that house. I what slipped. What did you do? I uh, I bruised my tailbone, uh, which uh, that it's so painful. Yeah, so painful. Have you ever done it? Uh, I have, and I I mean I was four hundred pounds and I did it. Yeah, it, it's like the bigger you are, the more impact. I don't right. know how well, bruised thing, you are. You know, I was. It took about six weeks for me to not be in a lot of pain. Um, I mean, luckily, I was working at Sunny's in Dover at the time, so and I was doing dishes, so standing actually felt a lot better than sitting. It was the, you know, for about two weeks, trying to drive to the jewelry job, just the drive alone, sitting for an hour and a half, like, it took me about six hours to feel okay again. Oh, man. So by the time work was done, I felt okay, but then I had to drive home, and it was just, you know, it, it wow. was, you know, I mean, I honestly had thought Dude. I had broken my tailbone at one point, but I had talked to enough people who have broken their tailbone, they're like, you, I, they're you like, might you, not be able to walk. Yeah, that's what they said, and they're like, they're like, as much as it's horrible, it's actually almost better if you break it, because they can do something about it, whereas if you bruise it, there's nothing you can do. So, um, 
Wow, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, that it was, was terrible. It was one of those, and it was being a, hurt. There's nothing worse than being hurt, right? You know, and and that affected my being able to paint too because I couldn't sit right to paint. Like, uh, I mean, I was standing and sketching, but it was just you know. So it was, it, 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 this was an interesting year, and around that time, there was you know my my uncle, my friend, and then one of my best friends' dad died all in a ten day period. Um, yeah. That's- and it was crazy, and it was one of those things that, you know, I wasn't able to go down to Virginia for my uncle's funeral because, I mean, financially it would, would have been difficult, but it was also, I was like, I can't drive the 10 hours. Um, I was like, you know, because I was in a lot of pain at right. that point, and I was like, even the two hours to drive down to Boston to get on to a plane, plane and yeah. I was like, sitting on a plane for three hours, I was like, I, I can't do it, and... I know that while intellectually, I think my family down there understood, I think that I think it hurt their feelings that, you know, I didn't go and, but it was, I mean, this was an interesting year because it helped me kind of learn and grow as far as like familial relationships too. That's fantastic. Um, I mean, some of the people who the relationships I'm kind of talking about probably don't feel that it's great, but I, I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm continuing to do stuff as far as like putting my own well being first, which is something that hasn't come naturally to me, you know, but I looked at, I mean, I, a member of my family a couple of years ago when they asked me to do something and I said, no, I'm not going to do that because X, Y, and Z. And they said, well, that's really unlike you. And I said, yeah, I've always put other people first and, you know, I'm fucking miserable. Uh, I was like, I need to do what I need to do for my own mental and emotional well-being first. So, you know. I don't, I, that is something that, you know, as I'm 53 and not a parent. Mm -hmm. So my life is, even though I'm, I'm married, my life is my own. I yeah. do whatever it is that I want to do when I want to do it because right. I was never I didn't have children to be responsible to. So right. I I like my dog is the my biggest responsibility. And yeah. so it yeah, I I don't know. It's funny how so many not just family but a lot of society looks at if you're living your life to follow what you want to do, your passions, that that's somehow irresponsible. Whereas if you're raising kids, that's irresponsible. I'm like, they're different things, but one is not better than the other. I, I sometimes I feel selfish because this life is mine and I do with it as I want. Right. But I, I, I do feel that, you know, I, I paid my dues. I've had a, I've lived an excellent life. I've lived a difficult life. Mm-hmm. And now I'm really fortunate that I'm in a place where, I, my bills are paid. Mm-hmm. I get to make art all all day. I yeah. get to visit with friends. You yeah. know, I get to go take walks. I get to kayak. I get to I get to live the life that I want to live. Right. And and uh, I had to I had to pay my dues to be able to do that. Yeah. You know, especially like my struggle with mental illness. Mm-hmm. That that shit took me out of the game for like fifteen years. Yeah. And that uh, yeah, I had to re- I had to recuperate find myself again after going through, you know, bleak time with bipolar disorder. So yeah. it's like, 
reconnecting with people, that whole thing is, uh, you know, you have to be all there to be able to do it. And your family, if you're in pain, mm-hmm. you're not all there. So right. it's, they might want to, uh, they might want you to be there m- maybe for them. Their mm-hmm. reasons are maybe selfish. Right. And like you were taking care of yourself. Yeah. That, that is... That's our job. How can we help anybody else if we don't take care of ourselves? So For sure. It's interesting when you were, you just said, you know, if you're in pain, you're not all there. I had a, because um, I, I feel like in the last couple of years, I've been, I've made a conscious effort to be present in my life. And I think, you know, a lot of that, it goes in hand in hand with making healthier choices for, for my life and cutting out a lot of toxic relationships, so on and so forth. She's eating dead bugs. Oh, um, good. Dead bugs and better than oil paint. Right. No, no, there's a, there's a few uh, flies. And, oh, my uh, God. You're going to... No, Penny, let's not do that. <laughs> Penny's adding her own contributions to a couple <laughs> paintings that uh, Beth has on the floor. But I had an instance a couple days ago, um, and it's like I'm almost... I'm not embarrassed about it, but it was... I, so I had someone who I was uh, close to a couple of years ago who uh, was kind of shitty to me. I mean, not terribly, but, and, um, you know, we, we, we haven't had any sort of relationship in the last couple of years. And then I had noticed, because, you know, through Facebook, like we were talking about, you see people's posts still, we were still Facebook friends, and I was like, I hadn't seen anything from her for a while, and uh, went to go look her up, and I saw that she had unfriended me on Facebook, and we haven't had any sort of interaction for a while, and it's one of those things that, in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, this wasn't, like, the way this person acted towards me um, a couple of years ago, I should have just cut them out of my life anyways. So I was kind of mad at myself for being upset about it. And then, like, the next day I was upset about it at work. And I realized that I was, like, in a cloud thinking about it. And I and I even said that to a coworker. I said, I'm just lost in my own head today. And this is the first day at this job that I've been like this. And I'm trying to figure out how to get... I mean, I didn't get into the details with, with him about it. But it was just like, oh, yeah, I'm retreating into myself. And I'm like, this is... It's not dumb that I'm upset about it, but I wish that I didn't care about stuff like that. But, right. you know. Gosh, being, just being upset and having that emotion, it colors everything. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I, I feel the same way. I, I get upset and then it, everything I do is colored by that upset. And yeah. it's, I all, I want to rectify it. I want to fix it. I want, I want to change it. So I'm not upset, and so my my life isn't upset. Right. So in in the process of trying to work myself out of being upset, I upset other people. Sure. I upset myself, and it's just a it's a vicious cycle of upset. You sure. Know? Well, and I can I, I can relate I, to that because my my instinct was I I should reach out to this person and be like you know because I had reached out to I, this I had reached out to them. Uh, two years ago, I don't know why I keep saying that, that I'm using pronouns as she, um, but I had reached out because her behavior towards me changed very suddenly one day. And uh, I remember, I have a... Yeah, and, you know, she had finally, I, I reached out electronically and sent her a message and 
maybe a month and a half later, she's like, hey, this, you know, this is what I felt, and I probably didn't handle it the best way. Sorry, but, um, you know, I don't feel like you were honest with your feelings. And it, it, without going into too much detail, it was someone that I had developed some feelings for, but wasn't sure, because they were in a weird place in their life, so I didn't do anything about it, and reached out to a mutual friend looking for some advice. I was like, I don't know what to do about this. And they gave me some advice, but it was, I, during that conversation, I had said, you know, can you keep this between the two of us? I'm just asking you for some, and they didn't reached out to the other person and that upset the person. And I was kind of like, you know, my thought was, it's fine. If you don't have those feelings, totally fine. Um, I kind of would have liked to have had the opportunity myself to say something, but the like to to be upset at someone for have, having feelings, you know. And there was and no- at that point, it's a he said, she said. If they don't know, if you have not disclosed that, right? You, like you're basing your opinion on something that may not even be true, right? Um, but uh, but so the fact that. You know, and and they said, "Oh, I didn't handle this the right way," but as you know, I was in a bad place, and I was like, "Yeah, no problem." I was just asking. I was like, "I was like, I don't know what was said, but because she had said, I don't feel that you were totally honest about your." Feelings. I was like, "Well, I hadn't had." I was like, "I didn't even know how I was feeling," um, and I hadn't had a chance to see you since I processed these thoughts. You know, uh, but okay, if that upsets right. you whatever you're entitled to feel however you're entitled to feel but but anyway it's just one of those things that I'm like I was like beating myself up about being upset about this still or not still again I guess right. so, well it, it creeps back up it bubbles back yeah up. you know that's you know yeah it bubbles back up you and you might not want to look at it then but sometimes it just sure you know it just gets in the way of everything right you know so it's better to deal with it you know? Yeah. I, it, well, part of it was, like, my instinct was to reach out and address it, but also, given... I'm kind of looking at, given the environment that we are in, in 2018, being a guy, or being a girl, I don't want it. I I was like, well, someone might look at this as me harassing this person, and you know, I mean, because she came into the place that I worked f- quite a lot after when I was working in Dover, and I I never spoke to her. I didn't avoid her, but I worked in the back. But it was also I'm at work. I don't like it's not appropriate, right? You- like clearly, you know that I'm at I. This is where I work. So if you are continuing to come in here, that's that's your choice, but. I didn't feel a need or desire to, hey, how's it going? Right. You know, you know. Interpersonal relationships are very, very trying. Yeah. All, I, I feel like, you know, I'm a, I'm sort of an all or nothing person. Mm-hmm. So people either like me, or people are polarized by me. Right. But initially, I, you know, I was just, I grew up with kindness. Yeah. So it, initially, I'm, I'm kind and I'm generous and yeah. I'm giving. And that is... You know, people know me that way, and then people get to know me, and they're like, "Well, you know, you're a little bit, you're a little bit mouthy, you're a little bit obstinate, and 
you know, you're a little one way or the other. Right. And I find that people are people are polarized by that. Yeah. You you're very you know, I know you've made a an attempt to go from being sort of cynical to being more grateful for your life. Yeah. And that is like when I when I discovered that about you, it is something that that drew uh, drew me to yeah. you initially because most people are not the most people that I come in contact with are just sort of they're just sort of part of the grind. Yeah. They're they're not really living an authentic life. <coughs> when somebody says to me, you know, I used to be kind of negative, but I'm making an an concerted effort yeah. to, to change who I am. I'm I'm like, who doesn't want to be friends with that? You right. know, you like change. That's yeah. That's fantastic. Change well, I must or die I will. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, it, and it is, you know, it is a struggle. It is something that I try to do some days. It goes better than others. But, I, you know, and again, and I've said this to people, and it's funny because some people would be like, yeah, 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 that's a, a pat saying. But I'm like, no, I really mean it. I'm like, the trying is the most important thing because that's how we grow. That's how I grow, you know. Um, and... I learn the most from, like, when I feel crummy, when a situation makes me feel terrible, then I'm like, okay, why do I feel this way? What was my part in it? And how do I not feel, you know, the next time I'm in this situation, what am I going to do differently so I don't feel this way? So, but, you know. Just like taking a little inventory. You got to see where you are. Yeah. And how you feel with things. I, you know, but Scott, I really think that that is... Not everybody does that, and not everybody discloses that. Sure. So it's like, uh, you know, you're in this world, and you're bumping into people, and everyone has their own sort of game plan. And yeah. if your game plan is like, I want to I want to understand myself better, I want to process my feelings more, I, you know, your game plan is much different than other people's game plans mm-hmm. who are like, I, I want to make a lot of money, I want to sell this, I want to do this, I want to... Yeah. You know, it's a different, it's a different perspective. Yeah. Well, that was the, one of the things that the trip, my trip really kind of opened my eyes to was that, um, keeping strong friendships, uh, is not something that, I'll, that everyone does. You know, people have, might have a, a group of friends or whatnot, because I saw a ton of people that, um, I consider friends and, you know, different artists and stuff that I've kept in touch with. Some who I haven't, hadn't seen in, you know, 10, 15 years face to face. Yeah, that's but, amazing. Uh, and it was, it was great. And then so many people were like, what made you want to do this? And I was just like, you know, well, I don't know that many people that have done it. And it wasn't doing it to kind of like brag about it by any means, because it was... You know, it was a it was a grueling thing, but it was also I'm, I still think about it because it was such a compact whirlwind thing. Most of the people that I spent time with there, if I was on vacation where they lived, I would probably spend four or five days with them instead of half a day. Right. And it was just so many people that I was grateful to spend time with in you know just a cluster of time. Uh, the the thing that I always you know I always get from you is that you. You give yourself permission to have a lot of friends and over a lot of, you know, you have friends in various places. Yeah. You do various things. It's like, I feel like you give yourself permission. Mm-hmm. I don't give myself that much permission. I have a very small world. Yeah. And because I'm, 
I mean, I'm, I'm certainly social, but I, I, I like to keep my books a little bit closed. Sure. And not, not let everyone know everything about me. Well, that, that's actually a little bit of a conscious effort, too, on my part, because uh, growing up in my family, uh, we had a lot of secrets. And uh, most, in my, in my opinion, in my experience, most family secrets are not that healthy. Um, and that's why they're secrets. That's why they're secrets. And a lot of them had nothing to do with me directly. Um, I mean, some people listening to this who know me probably know what parts of my family history. I mean, I don't really care, but it's also not, it's not my story. It's, uh, you know, dealing with one of my parents. Um, and, uh, a lot of people, I shouldn't say a lot. There's a there's a faction of people that I've known for a, a long part of my life who were very judgmental towards my entire family based on some behavior, and that you know that that was really hard for me. It, it was it was hard for all four of my brothers and or all four of us, myself and my three brothers. And it's interesting to see how each one of us has kind of moved on and, you know, conducted their life in response to that. We had, we had a, an email conversation last year, which it was the first time where the four of us as adults were kind of on the same page about how to handle this. But it was one of those things that I made a decision a few years ago. I was like, these aren't my secrets to keep, so I don't need to. And, um, you know, there was a lot of stuff of my own stuff that I was ashamed of because of my religious upbringing that I was like, you know what? I don't need to hang on to this shame anymore. I don't need to be secretive about the things that are important to me, the things that aren't, and uh, also my own struggles. Um, I mean, I was I was very frank about... Uh, I, I made a post about a year and a half ago... Um, about, uh, you know, being sexually abused as a child. And, you know, uh, I had a couple people reach out saying, I can't believe that you admitted to that. And I was like, well, what do you mean admit? I didn't do anything wrong. Right. I was just like, and it's also like... That's this, definitely a case of blaming the victim. For sure. Know? But, I mean, culturally, and that's how we've... It, it's been my entire life. And I think there's a change happening now, but it's... It's a slow change, uh, but I also had several people who I had known for long periods of time who reached out and thanked me, um, and some of them disclosed their own, and they're like, I'm not brave enough to talk about that. I was like, you don't have to be. I was like, you know. Every, right, everyone's yeah. at their own place. Yeah, like, and I was like, it's not, me doing it is not better than you not or whatever. I was just like, but... A big part of it, why I chose to talk about it at that point was um, I knew that some people didn't feel it was okay that they had that in their life. And I was like, no, that you're still a person. Like, I think right. um, people who struggle with addiction, people who have had abuse in their past, a lot of general public looks at them as, oh, there's an addict. There's someone who's been right. abused not damaged goods right this is not a human being this right. is this is a, a walking problem for society and that's bullshit 
Well, I think the more, the what I learned about the whole Me Too um, community yeah. is that, you know, your story and my story, while they're not the same story, right. are similar stories. And I find there are, you know, Me Too. Every, I sure. don't know anyone that is not affected in some way by um, neglect, abuse, Mm-hmm. You know, some kind of detrimental behavior right. being perpetrated upon them. Sure. You know, kids are kids. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's it's very. It's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard. But you know what? You, I feel like you like you facing it. You faced it head on. Mm-hmm. You know, like you have you come to it with the knowledge that you know this is definitely something that I need to get over and. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to find a way to systematically do it, whether it's from talking with people, whether it's from, you know, painting or whatever you do, you, you deal with it your, in your way. Right. And that's the thing. There's no one right or wrong way to do it. It's every, and, and. But I think it's fantastic that people came out and said to you, you know, thank you for saying that you were really brave because there, there have been. You have to be, you have to dare to be the example. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I have to, I, if I have an idea or there's something that I believe in or something that I want and it's not popular, I still, I have to dare to say it. Right. You know what I mean? If I'm not going to say it, then I'm just not being authentic and, and not being true to who I am. Right. So, while it might be upsetting or hurt somebody, mm-hmm. I, I, that's not my intention at right. all. I just, like you wanted to do you just wanted to say your truth right well I, I mean that that uh brings to mind the the uh the street street uh art that you did a couple of years ago that got some attention i don't know yeah. if you want to talk about it or that's not that's fine yeah um, i love talking about it because it started dialogue sure yeah. you know it i was I it, I ended up finding that the APB or not the APB but the Associated Press APB is like right. cops right yeah. <laughs> no it wasn't APB but the Associated Press picked it up yeah. so people in up in New Hampshire knew about mm-hmm. it and I was in the White Mountains yeah. and some people came over to me and said uh, did I just see you on TV aren't you the one that did the Black Lives Matter mural right and I was like yeah I didn't know how to yeah how to take like, it okay, and they were where like where is this gonna go because we were in the water like I was floating on a float we were in the mountains right. like relaxing and the women like threw their hands up in the air and they were like hell yeah good awesome. job yeah and then I was in Cumbies and people looked at me cross-eyed and yeah you know I was like out to dinner and people like the way the way society normally looks at somebody with tattoos mm-hmm. that's the way that they were looking at me right that's uh it's interesting it, and it was it was one of those things that um, you know, you definitely spoke up about something that was important to you that was, you know. That's why I signed my name. Yeah. Somebody said, what are you doing? Why did you, why did you do that? Were you looking to get caught? And I was like, absolutely. I did not want to get caught, but it's my art. Right. It's my statement. Yeah. yeah it's a piece of street art. Maybe people, you know, send a, put a tag with it that that's a little bit, you know, secretive or you have to figure out, right. figure it out. But I, I was like, this is... You were owning I, up to speaking absolutely, your truth. Yeah. Absolutely. Because, you know, the way that politics were being r- ramped up and right. all of this, the the 
Blue Lives Matters. Like, it, I was getting sick. And then somebody said to me, a relative said to me, something that was extremely racist. And I couldn't believe that statement was being said by somebody in my family. Sure. My sibling. And I was just like, how could you have that idea when I have this idea? You yeah. know, we are all equal. And I just got, I got pissed off at my sister and I was like, uh, and I got pissed off at society, and I was like, I'm, I'm going to say something. Yeah. And I was very concerned at the time that the iconography that I was using was going to speak truthfully to how I felt. Yeah. And then, like, I did this thing with these black broken hearts, and, you know, somebody said to me, well, how do you know, why are they black broken hearts? And I said, well, it, the way I feel if I were black, I'm not black, but if I mm -hmm. were black, I would feel like my heart's broken. Like here, it, you know, it's set on this American flag. Here's this American patriotism shit, and, and I have this black broken heart. And right. I, I mean, even as a white artist, I feel like I have a very sad broken heart. Yeah. You know, Amy Ray song. I don't know if you know Black Heart today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it's one of those things that, uh, you know... African Americans were, you know, not to get on a political tangent, but I mean, I, I think we're both fairly passionate about politics and, um, or, or more specifically how everyone is treated in this country. And, uh, you know, African Americans uh, traditionally in this country were, were forced immigrants. They were, you know, they right. were, you know, they were brought over here where, most of the people who came to this country came of their own volition wanting a better life and they were brought over here to a worse life, uh, you know, with slavery. And then now so much is African-Americans are being told, well, you're not welcome here. I mean, that, maybe not in those words, but it, in the always behavior. Always, though. Yeah. Always, I feel like, in this country, it's always, like, if you are different than the people who control the banking system. Find, if right. you are different, if you're marginalized, yeah. you're not part of the club. Right. You know what I mean? The club is not for you. You can't come. Yeah. So I'm Jewish. I can't come to some things. You know right. what I mean? Jews, sometimes people don't like Jews. Yeah. I'm, I'm fat. Sometimes people don't like fat. They don't let me come. Right. You know, whatever. That... But I, I feel very strongly that if you are a human being, you belong. Right. I don't. I don't care. I don't know. I'm a feminist. We're we're all equal. Right. All human beings are equal. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah, and I, 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 I agree with you, and I also feel that if we see, if we ever see an instance where another human being is treated as less than equal. It's our job as human beings to speak up and say, this isn't right. You know, however you can make your voice heard. I mean, I think it's important for artists to, to voice it, you know, writers to voice it, filmmakers to I, make films about it. I feel like it is my responsibility as, mm -hmm. a, as a human artist to make a statement about something. Like, yeah. the, I, artists throughout time have recorded history. They've recorded their own history and society's history. Yeah. And we have art history that shows us things. So 
painting the side of that abutment in, in Rochester was just me having something to say, and I just wanted to say it. Okay, it was illegal. Don't paint on somebody else's concrete. I get it. Right. I get it. But, I, you know, sometimes the... some Even though I get it, I, I did it anyway. Sure. You know, I, I did it anyway because the I w- felt so passionately about it. Well, and, and it could be looked at as a peaceful protest. There's plenty... There's, that's what I said at the time. Right. There's I, plenty of people who have done... made great marks in history by doing illegal thing, you know, things that are quote-unquote against the law, so. Hell yeah, yeah, I love those people. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I immediately think of bootleggers. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I was thinking of... I mean, I'm not, I'm, I don't even drink, but I think, like, they, it was so, you know... Right. Yeah. Sinister back then, sure. you know? for sure. Running alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking more like, uh, you know, the civil rights movement, peaceful peace <laughs> protest, but, yeah, you know, you're, you're, they're both... You know, <laughs> butting up against the establishment, and I mean, I know I just got this new tattoo. It's a it's a Russian or a prison tattoo. Oh, that, okay. That mean it's that sort of pig head, and it means like authority, right? You know? Yeah, yeah. So when did I, you get, when did you get that done? I um, that's this summer. It's recent. Who did that? That Jay Ski at Hobos. Nice. He, he pretty much has done my nice. my whole body. Yeah, it's. Yeah. Um, it's like once you find it's a guy that does it, and I know you see tons of guys, but I don't. I don't see that many, to be honest with you. Um, my so the person who's tattooed me the most is Jason Scott, who owns Hobos in Congress Street. Um, I also more recently uh, Jeb Riley, who used to work at Hobos in Congress Street, but now. Uh, is one of the co-owners of Redemption Tattoo in Cambridge. Mm-hmm. And because he's in Cambridge, I, so I get to see him about once a year. You Pretty much now, in the last like three or four years, it's been I get tattooed on my birthday. I got a tattoo on my trip because my friend Crystal Johnson uh, I stayed with, and uh, she wanted to give me a tattoo as like a souvenir from the trip. So cool. Uh, cool. I got that. And then, What did you get? So it's on the back of... I don't remember which leg it is. It's, it's the... I don't know if you can see it's the outline of the US. Oh yeah, it's what what So it's it's an outline of the United States, but inside of it is uh Mingus Mountain, which is in which is the, the mountain that Jerome, Arizona is on. Cool. So you we live met there. In, we we met in Jerome. Um she was living and tattooing in Salt Lake City when I visited her, she, which she doesn't live there anymore. She's a she has a very nomadic existence. I, love that. Um, I mean Tattoo artists and and professional musicians do a lot of have a lot of transient. Uh, Love life. it! I yeah. wish I was a tattoo artist yeah. and a musician together. I'm a frustrating musician. <laughs> there there are a couple. There are a couple. Um, uh, Dan Higgs, who uh, is a pretty well renowned tattoo artist, is also he's from Washington D.C. Uh-huh. and uh, he he's a he's a traveling tattoo artist, but he also has a couple bands and right. he's been doing it for twenty five years or so. Um, I feel like Dan Blakesley would make some great tattoos. Sure, like, and that's like one more thing. Like he he's got to be a tattoo artist, also. You know, <laughs> <laughs> which is funny because Dan doesn't have any tattoos. At oh, all, really? But and he's I just think his drawings are so spectacular. That, oh yeah. Like, for sure. The, the line work and the shading and everything, I think they'd be fantastic it tattoos. It still amazes me that I don't have a Dan Blakesley tattoo. Um, and I've had plans to do one for a while. It's just finding which one right. that I want to do. And and I 
I'm pretty sure I have it nailed down, and that was actually, that was going to be my tattoo that I was going to do for myself this year, but then um, my friend Caleb passed away uh, suddenly, and uh, that was, that's, that's going to be my next tattoo, is a little tribute to Caleb, um, but I, uh, I was supposed to go down to Cambridge to have Jeb do it uh, at the beginning of the summer, and then I had some car issues and couldn't couldn't get down there you know and mm-hmm. had to put some money into a vehicle did you ever read the, the illustrated man by ray bradbury i have yep yeah i i read that like in high school and mm-hmm. i think it's like then i fell in love with tattoos yeah you know and it took me a long time to feel comfortable because i'm jewish and my parents are completely against it and i just out of respect for my family i sure. didn't want to do it but then i was like what I'm in, my, I'm in my late 40s. If I want tattoos, I'm getting tattoos. How and old were you when you got your first tattoo? The first one was in my 20s, but it was like a little prison. I mean, I wasn't in prison, but right, it was right. just like a little jail tat yeah. spiral. So Yeah, and you've 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 got a few stick and poke tattoos that people have done for you. No, right? I don't. Oh. No. I One time, uh, there was a post, mm. and I, I posted this because you posted your yeah. star. Yeah, star and David. S- and somebody else posted their star, David, and then... Greg was like, is that stick and poke? And I was like, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, I, yeah. I, like, jumped on that thread way too early. It well, was not a stick and poke. Well, we had talked, I think... I would love for like, you to do one. It's funny, because I've never done one, and the biggest fear for me is I would hate to give someone a shitty oh, tattoo just because I've never done it before. But Oh, you know, that's part of the fun of it. I guess so. Um, yeah. I mean, I have plenty of friends who have them and have done them on people, but... Um, the, the ones that I thought that were best that I have ever seen were the ones that Sam has done. Nice. Yeah, yeah. she's done quite a few. Yeah. Um, she's someone that I've been meaning to sit down with again for this podcast because she went on a road trip right. the same time that I did. Um, but, uh, yeah, we haven't we haven't talked yet. So uh, we'll see. Yeah, I've yeah. also, I had her on the podcast before. Right. And there's a couple other people that I want to sit down and talk to again like updated ones but right. like um I, michael venn who's the guy that i talked to on my first podcast is the i basically have told everyone else who i've talked to already who's reached out and be like hey i've got this going on i'm like until i have michael back i'm not doing any more repeats just and it's nothing against the people it's i mean with the exception of maybe three people that I've talked to in the, you know, 80 or so podcasts that I've done. That's amazing. Um, I would happily sit down and talk to again. There's a couple of people that it was just, it was either awkward or just wasn't a, wasn't a great conversation, you know, nothing against the people, but, um, most of them it's just been. I know great. it's, a, I, I think it's, you know, this is an art. This is yeah. conversation is an art. And yeah. I feel like people have lost the ability to do that because we have these little gadgets that we hold in our hands and we send, we send text messages and right. it takes it, it takes the human component all, yeah. all away, you know, and then I have to be worried about how somebody translates me. I right. listen to my inflection, like talk to me, right. talk to me. I, I'm much Re- better the, one-on-one. Yeah. And body language and just the natural chemistry of two people in the same room together and it's funny because i had a few friends on my trip who i was supposed to get together with to to do this that you know scheduling wise just didn't work out and nobody's fault i mean if anyone's fault it was mine just because my schedule was so like 
you know, people are like, ah, I'm actually gone this day. Can you hang around another day? And I'm like, no, I'm hitting 48 states. Like, I'm on the road. I, and, you know, a couple people are like, let's do a Skype one. And I'm like, no, I'll, I'll hit you next time I'm, right. I'm in the area. Because I'd much rather have the face-to-face conference. It's just different. Um, it's... Uh you know, I feel like I I feel really grateful that we haven't seen each other. So yeah. there's a lot to talk about. Sure. And I also feel like, you know, we've tried to sit down and do this before, but anytime something does not work, I'm like, it's not meant to work. Right. And when, you know, just the other day, and you you were like, let's get together that day, and I was like, that that works. That's yeah. great. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad I'm able to see you. Yeah, you works scheduling wise. It was funny. Um, you were talking about the gadgets. Um, so I had someone who reached out to me about wanting to sit down for the podcast and it was someone that I was like, yeah, that'd be great. And we've, you know, scheduling wise, it hasn't worked out so far. And then I realized, um, and it was someone that, it's someone that I had met through wrong brain, but I realized because they were in Trader Joe's the other day, I was like, oh, wait, we've never actually met face-to-face, and we've had in-depth conversations over technology, but then when they were in Trader Joe's and they came, and I, I recognized them right away because they, they post a lot of pictures of themselves. And no it's statement okay. of judgment. Yeah. It just It is, so I recognize this person. It's actually someone that I've done two paintings of. And... They came through a different line than mine. I was on register that hour, but they came through, and I turned around and smiled and said, hey, how are you tonight? And I realized they had, you know, they said, oh, you know, fine, thanks. Right. And I was like, they, they have no idea who I am. And it's interesting, To the more we have these devices that we use, it's interesting how the line between real life and uh, online life you know, can fluctuate, but it's also, it's becoming more a part of our real life, but it's more of like a fragmented thing. Because I've also had people encounter who, you know, I first got to know online and then have a, a friendship relationship with in real life. And they're like, it's so crazy how you're the same person in real life that it, because, and like, I'm like, of course, right. But, but, <laughs> but apparently that's not, always the norm so it's it's you know that scares me yeah that you like that not you but that right. somebody has an alter ego i, I well it's that it's uh, they're it, not authentic like i want i want to get to know somebody for real for real sure like if if you're not being authentic with what you post then like how do i even know who you are how do i know right what's real how do i know what's lies how do i well you know? and that's the and that's the going back to me being open about stuff. I'm like, I'm I'll post stuff that I know some of my friends it annoys the crap out of them, and I'm just like, well, you know, whatever. It's it, it's I don't not know fun. how you can annoy somebody. I love you. I don't well, know. I love you too. <laughs> I mean, but it's funny. I I I, I, I mean, was, I don't have to spend twenty four seven with you, but right. I really, I it surprises me that somebody is annoyed by you. Well, it, there's certain things... I mean, it's the same thing when you were talking about how, like, you rub some people the wrong way because, like, I've... You know, I always enjoy the time that I've spent with you. 
Um, I never get annoyed with you. But I also look at I look at myself and I'm like, there are certain things that I'm passionate about that I can understand that people are annoyed about. But I also I know a lot of people, so inevitably I know a lot of different types of personalities. Right. And you know, some people think. I overshare stuff, and that's fine, because... Chewbacca is my co-pilot. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I look forward to that. I look forward to everything you post, honestly. It was fun. I love to see, like, into your brain, like, ooh, what music is Scott listening right. to today? Right. Well, and that's, the, that's part of why... Because I know so many people in so many different ways, I'm like, someone's going to enjoy this. And it's funny, the people that never comment on anything on social media, don't even like stuff. And then I've bumped into people in real life, and they're like, where's Chewbacca going to be tomorrow? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I didn't even know that this was on your right. radar. But, um, and that goes back to, you know, some people playing stuff more closer to the vest, um, which is totally okay, too. Um, I made a post. Uh, I've, I found this vintage Chewbacca from uh, 1978. It was a 15 inch tall one, which I never had as a kid. And uh, I found it in this little shop in Exeter. And so I took a picture of it and I said, you know, uh, 1978 15 inch Chewbacca uh, doesn't like the humidity. And a friend (laughs) of mine, she replied, 1974. 62-inch Heidi doesn't like it either. <laughs> so I was just like, I was like, that's awesome. So That is great. And she never comments on, I mean, we, and we, you know, we chat a lot and we've known each other for 30 years, but, you know, she very rarely will comment on, on stuff like that on I Facebook. Have, I have a bigger sort of media presence than I do have a, uh, actual friends. So, like, people... People know me in Rochester because I show my art all over the place. Right. And because they've printed my, my face in the paper. So right. now people come up to me and they say, are you? Right. And I'm like, yeah. But that is a very, I mean, that's so small scale. That's right. Ro- that's Rochester. And that's like, but. Uh, well, it's one, it, it's one it, of nine cities in New Hampshire. That That is true. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. But if I, it, uh. It always is surprising, like how you were saying people know you by your post, but they might might not know your face. Right. Mine is the other way around. They they may have seen my face, or right. they may have seen my art. Yeah. But um, they don't know me. Sure. Like it, there are very few people that know me. Do you I, like that or do you I not love that? Yeah. But then I get sad. I'm like, I want friends. Sure. And I want intimacy, and I want that. But then I have uh, honestly, then I have people like you who I feel like I can immediately be intimate with Absolutely. and we can we can immediately go to that place and that fills my need for the day right you know so you're also i mean you're married so you have exactly you have that emotional connection that i don't have you know i don't right. have a significant other in my life haven't for several years and it's one of those things that that is really that blew me away because I never thought somebody would have my back like the way my wife has my back. Yeah. And I didn't think like getting married was going to be the thing. And I was sort of in multiple relationships and doing a lot of different kinds of things. And then when I met my wife and she expressed an interest in getting married and I was like, you know, I'm not really the marrying type. Yeah. But the, like, and, and even when I got married, I kind of felt like I'm not the marrying type. Right. But then I was married, yeah. and all of a sudden, I'm like, 
I'm the married type now. Right. Right. So, it, and it feels good. It doesn't feel like when did you squashing. when did you get married? We've been married for three years. I was going to so say it, you got married in fifteen after, like you, you got married after we had met. Exactly. Yeah. And, in fact, in fact, we had only met maybe a couple of months before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which can I tell you? I was working on the painting that we did with Marissa Kang. Yeah. They were they were left in wrong brain space, so I just took them. And I mean, my name is on the back of all of them, and I coordinated those. So I was like, oh, I'm going to take these canvases. Yeah. And I rolled that one out that we did with Marissa Kang, and I was like, I, I, this needs a new painting now. Yeah. The, it existed, and Wrong Brain showed it, and it like had a lot of life, and now right. I can't see it. But I have to tell you, Scott, as I'm painting over it, like I'm deciding what to paint out. Right. You have teeth. Right. Like all over on the sides. Yeah. I left all the teeth. Nice. I left all the teeth because I felt like they, they really they spoke to that experience that we had. That was yeah. the first time I ever, I ever met you in person. Was oh really? That, was that? I didn't realize. I, I knew it was early on, but I didn't realize it was the first. It was. Time. It was the like the very first time, and like I remember, I had a camera. Like I was in your face, like yeah. trying to take pictures, and you're like, whoa, and I was like. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, I don't think it even. I don't know if it even bothered me. It was. Um, it was. It was my very first time collaborating with another artist. Uh, you know, and two two other artists, uh, um, both of who do different styles than me, which is great. It was funny because we that was so that was in Bailey's old space, right? Um, that might have been the first time I met Bailey too. I think it was. I think you had not met. Any of us. I think Sam was the only person that I knew. She, um, I don't, she wasn't there then. Though. No, it was but, just, it, but it was like, oh, from wrong. Like the only other artist, or because I know you know tons of musicians. I do. I think it was. I don't remember how it came about. It was just kind of, and it, it honestly, it was one of those things that I was like, it made me very nervous because it was outside of my comfort zone to collaborate with another artist. So I was like, all right, I'm going to make myself do this. Um, which is funny. It's fantastic. It was it was great, and that led to Bailey and I. Once he moved away, we did a we did this project that I came up with, which it was supposed to be the the beginning of a series, but it ended up being so far the only one that I've done where we each gave each other. I think it was like five or six keywords. More uh, like here's your words, here's your words, and we each started a canvas, two canvases each, and then we mailed them to each other to finish the paintings. Um, and it was, you know, so I have ones that Bailey started and I finished and vice versa. And that was, that was great. I remember those because we were, we were sharing the, in the wrong brain space and you showed me the paintings and then I contacted Bailey and I was like, Oh, I want to do with, I want to do what Scott's doing with you. And I ended up doing a couple of pieces with him. That's awesome. Yeah. I don't know if I ever saw those ones. Because that's what I was hoping that, what's that? I love collaboration. Yeah. I, you know, that's one of the things that I was so grateful when, you know, Bailey gave me the space and then he said to me, you know, I really want Sam involved. I, I want to get Sam in here. And then, like, I was so excited to be able to, like, collaborate with those wrong brain kids. Like, yeah. I wanted, I wanted to, like, their, I wanted, I wanted their energy. Yeah, for sure. That's, um, that's been a great thing for me for connecting with other artists uh, in the oh, area. You do. When is Wrong Brain Sunday? I saw you tag a couple. So that's a tag that um, I don't. I don't even see. I never know who's running the Wrong Brain, uh, which which I kind of like actually right. because I'm not 
necessarily pandering to anyone person. I don't know if it's Lori. I don't know if it's Sam. I don't know if it's Sean. I don't know who's doing it. But um, uh, on Sundays, they, you know, three or four months ago, they just said any art that you, I don't even know if it's everyone's creating them on Sundays, but they're like posting them on Sundays. But Sundays happens to be one of the days that I work at the jewelry jewelry, place. And so I'll always tag stuff that I do then uh with the with the wrong brain sunday tag and it's cool because i've discovered other artists just through that tag Um, that's great yeah it's been it's been cool and i mean a lot of i can think of at least five other artists who i've had on this podcast that i met through connection with wrong brain uh hannah ellingwood um you know, yeah, um, she's fantastic. Yeah. Oh my gosh, her work get, just gets better and better. It's so amazing, and it's uh, I have to uh, I have to order a couple stickers that she did just because I have a friend who loves owls, and she just oh, did a new owl. Um, my friends, did, did you see when she pr- did the projection? Yeah, and I was like, gosh, you need to do like multimedia installations. Yeah. Like have these giant paper cuts projected on the wall. They're fantastic. Well, it's so fantastic. It's amazing. Hannah and I did a collaborative show right. about a year and a half ago, and um, we had talked about... You did two? Didn't you do two? We just did one. Main Street and Johnny Boston's? Just Johnny Boston's, oh, okay. yeah. Um, uh, but it was funny because I had been thinking about getting a Hannah Ellingwood tattoo, which I still haven't gotten. Uh, I'm still thinking about it, but when we did our podcast, she actually said to me, she's like, I hope this isn't weird, but I'd really like to get one of your pieces as a tattoo. And I was just like, it's funny you should say that. And I told her I'd been thinking about it. So we had even talked about at one point going at the same time and getting out. But I mean, and I don't know where she's living now. I know she was near Dover for a little, I mean, she was further away and then she moved, but, um, she she is a fantastic. I I love her. Yeah, I'm so she's glad great. that I re- I met her. I met some really nice people through Wrong Brain. Mm-hmm. Some nice people for sure. Well, it was I I made a post before my trip last year, so probably around this time last year, about how I met so many artists that year who were a huge inspiration to me, not just visually, but like the way that they either you know, their their work ethic or how they approached presenting their art and and I looked at it and I was like, oh, with the exception of one or two people, they're all female artists too, which oh, wow. I mean, I That's... most of my close friends have always been women anyways, but most of the artists that I knew for most of my life have been men. So I was like, I really like the fact that most of the artists that have had an impact on me in the last year and a half or so were women artists right so um you know i don't know that's fantastic because we we were just talking about tattoos and i said i caught myself i said oh you're tattoo guy and then i was like oh maybe scott sees a woman um and and i've never been tattooed by a woman and i feel like wow i'm i am a female artist i should have other i don't want to have everyone's art that i like but you know why haven't i been to a female tattoo artist. I don't know. There's an amazing female tattoo artist, uh, Stina Sardinos, who uh, owns, uh, why am I drawing a complete blank? Uh, They're in Portsmouth. I 
can't think of the name, and I will put it in the intro because I I apologize, Stina. I've even I recorded a podcast with her, and it's one of only two that I've recorded that I couldn't use because there was tattooing in the background and the the frequency of the tattoo gun going cut right through the audio. Uh, so I've been meaning to go back and record with her again, but it's one of those things that I'm like, because she took the time out of her work thing, I'm like, I need to get a tattoo from her before I do it right. so that I feel like she I can at least comp- <laughs> compensate her for it. Yeah. She owns the Laser Brain Patch Company as well, which oh, wow. she does these really cool um, short-run patches and stickers. of it. They're popular culture things, but uh, it's her own artwork that she oh, creates. Great. Um, a lot of Star Wars stuff, but I have a really cool Goonies patch that she did as well, and the, it's a subscription thing, so you can subscribe, and then every month you'll get the new patch and some stickers. But uh, but she's a phenomenal tattoo artist, and not only is she a great artist, she owns uh, 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 Grim North. That's oh, the name yeah, of her yeah, shop. Yeah. yeah, she owns Grim North. Um, her husband is one of the artists there, but you know some people assume oh the husband and wife, but Steena is actually the owner. Um, uh, I've been. Well, Stina, I need to come see you. Absolutely, let's do something. Yeah, she's great. Um, there's also uh, uh, Tegan Beyer. Oh uh, yeah, in, yeah, in, in Newmarket. New yeah, um, she tattooed me when we went on oh, that. Oh yeah, uh, the thirty-one yeah, dollar yeah Halloween special yeah, the, on uh, the Friday the thirteenth. Uh, she tattooed me. The first time I'd ever been tattooed by a woman was up in Montreal, and it was not only it so it was my first and so far only international tattoo that's cool uh but she didn't speak a lick of english either she was just french so it was interesting trying to kind of communicate i mean i had brought the piece in so it was easy to be like i want this here and and it's funny because i have so many tattoos i don't remember which tattoo it was and (laughs) my friend kate who got a tattoo the same day could probably tell you which tattoo it was and is probably um I thought, or wait, are you talking about something else or the 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 thirty one? No, this no, this is a different one. Oh, this is okay. a different one. Yeah, no. Because I, I was going to say, I remember what tattoo you got. You got a. I got the Wu Tang one, yeah. and I also got another one. I think I got two on that day. Um, that Tegan did, and then I got a tattoo in Jerome, Arizona, uh, uh, by by a woman as well. And my friend Crystal tattooed me, so it's for I don't know, like one hundred and five. Yeah, um, but there, I can say there's way more female tattoo artists now than when I started yeah. getting tattooed. You know, twenty something years ago. God, I think it's come up on close to twenty five years. That I've been I was I was just actually thinking about your tattoos. I was like, hmm, the last time I saw Scott, he was getting. Didn't you get like some? 40 for 40th? I did. Your, I, so your, I have... hash lines? Yeah, or, the, yeah, yeah that, the, Your the, nieces or... No, my mom actually wrote it out, and I didn't tell her what it was before I did it, and I did it about a month before my birthday, so she wouldn't necessarily connect the two. It, it was over Thanksgiving, and I gave her a piece of paper. I was like, can you just put 40 hash marks? Mm-hmm. She's like, for what? I was like, don't worry about it. She's <laughs> like, okay. and But she went with me when I got my tattoo, she didn't know that's what I was getting until we got there, but because she had been interested in uh, seeing 
a tattoo done because she had never been. I mean, her husband has several tattoos, but she had he. I don't think he's gotten any since they've been married. Um, but she wanted to go, and so when she found out that's what I was, she's like, "That's what you're getting." I thought you were going to get something special for your four. And I'm like, "I am right." Um, I was you like, like, "You birthed me. Yeah, I'm like, getting your hand yeah, right. You're, you're the person that's known me the longest." <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's been. About eleven months since I've been tattooed, and I've been—you're putting it off. I put, I'm not putting it off, just money-wise. That's why I haven't. Uh, but I've been itching to. Uh, so we'll see in the next month or so uh, if that happens or not. Um, real quick, just just sure. not real quick, but we've got you know <laughs> a little. Bit, I'm the one who has a time restraint, as always. You've got a bunch of stuff art-wise going on, so I wanted to make sure that you you, you had a chance to yeah, that's awesome. Talk about it. Uh, so what? So what? The thing that I'm most excited is yeah. it. You know, it sound it sounds bigger than it really is, but I was super psyched. These these guys from um, Towson University contacted me, and they're like, "We saw your artwork. We want to do a clothing line." Yeah, and I was so excited, and I was. You know, I had to research a little to find out how much to license my images for, but mm-hmm. I I went with them and I, you know, I said I'd like s- s- this amount of money and they countered me and I mm-hmm. went back to them and they actually ended up giving me more money than I than I asked for oh, wow. initially. That's so awesome. So I, I, I felt great about going with these guys and they said, you know, we really, we look at it as a, um, a collaboration. It's your artwork and we're going to, we're going to design the clothes based around your artwork. Yeah. So they they took about, I think it's five images, and the, they did a bunch of T-shirts, mm-hmm. and then they did some uh, some sweats, like really really cool. They they went and they they took the the images that they liked. They liked my more sort of illustrative mm-hmm. stuff. So like the piece that that you bought for me and that little guy. Mm-hmm. So they like stuff that was along that and there um Your it, it drops no the um the I did a little drawing that, that you bought from me I'm trying to remember anyway it just the more illustrative okay. stuff not like the stuff on cardboard or the, mm-hmm. or the crazy paintings but mm-hmm. just line drawings okay and then they did this oh I know which want, piece you're talking about yeah 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 and then they did this one they have an all over print coat that's from a a drawing that I did. It was a large drawing, and they made it's so dope. I can't wait for it to come. Nice. <laughs> right, so, so, are they available yet? Or no, they... Friday at five p.m. It drops on the brand as Apathy Wear. So I thought, you know, Apathy is a, it. That is a perfect sort of uh, a word for a lot of my art. It's, for sure. You know, just sort of. It, it's funny because I really do care, but. It maybe it doesn't seem like I do, but I don't know. Oh no, I I mean, like I I care very much, but the there's this like doom and gloom that that I'm drawn to. Like in real life, I'm not a doom and gloom person. I right. I'm I'm kind of buoyant and and pretty happy, but the stuff that comes out of me artistically is is kind of dark and and I like it sticky, murky. Right, right. <laughs> so there there's that thing going on that. Uh, with the clothes, and then I'm I'm really excited. I have a um, big show at the University of Maine Farmington. Mm-hmm. Um, When's that? That's in October. Mid, uh, I think it opens 
October 22nd. I'm really excited about that. I asked Sean Perry. He had some ideas about um, what to do with this show. It's the whole... I called it my throwaway people. It's all the drawings that are on cardboard and mm-hmm. and the paintings too. And there's like there's over 500 pieces. Wow. And initially I thought it's a three-story gallery. And I thought, I'm just going to plaster this thing. And then Sean said to me, how about if we make like creatures out of the drawings and and the paintings and see how they look on the wall? So I wanted to I wanted Sean to to um, collaborate with me on the hanging of the show and then also with the with uh, Sarah Mullane who is doing the um, uh, who is is the the gallery director. Actually, okay. I said her name wrong. It's Mullane. Sarah Mullane. She's the art history professor and, and curates the gallery and super excited last year she she found me she asked me to do a show in a year and I told her the idea that I had and I can't wait I can't wait for the work to go up nice unfortunately it's like two and a half hours away so anyone I would know probably wouldn't make the trek but how long is it uh, up for it's up for a month okay so and like I I don't know Scott nobody has ever said to me you know we'll pay for you to come and stay in a hotel and right. we'll pay for all your meals and we'll keep you here for three or four days while we install the show. Yeah. So some, like, there's a little bit of me that feels like, wow, this is super cool. Like that is I super have, cool. I have arrived, but yeah. I'm so, I'm miles away from where I want to be. I, but I'm happy where I am. Right. You know what I mean? I'm, right. I'm super stoked about where I am. I, I would like to be selling more art, but yeah. uh, honestly, I just want to—I want people to see the work sure. and, and be able to show it. But the flip side of maybe not a lot of people you know will see it, you're also going to have a lot of people that have probably never seen your work right. getting exposed to your work. So Right. Yeah. La- last year, um, they invited, Sarah invited me up for their Water Bear Confabulum, which is an alternative arts festival. Okay. So she... She, the University of Maine Farmington paid me to come up. I worked, I gave a couple lectures. I worked with the students. We did an interactive uh, live installation piece. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was great. Like I, I, I love working with young artists. I I love it. There's so much, you know, like I'm going to be 53 in October and right around my 50th birthday was when I had the weight loss surgery. Yeah. And I just like, by shedding all that weight, like I just discovered a new person, and I realized that that person has a lot of knowledge. Like yeah. all of a sudden, I'm in my fifties, and like I know shit. Like, wow! Like, yeah. I can't believe all the shit I know. Yeah. So, but at the same time, like I know I don't know anything. Like, right. I mean, every day I'm learning new things, and learning thing, learning things like I. It, it was really significant when I visited you at Main Street Art because yeah. I was looking at your paintings specifically for your brush strokes because mm. I lo- that's what I like the most about the portraiture that you do on the on the black canvases. Yeah. And I'm I'm thinking I wish I knew the the person that you painted because I think of that image all the time. It's it's a man, it's kind of blue and he's got a goatee. I'm trying to think of which one. It, it was just striking. The brush strokes were absolutely. Beautiful. Oh, that, I think that was. I think that was a portrait of my brother. Actually, my brother oh, Tim. Oh, you know what? I think it is. Yeah. I think it is. He lives in Poland. 
And then you did that other portrait of me that I was like super shocked that you did it. And I was like, wow, that's a fabulous portrait. And then when I was at Main Street Art, I was watching you paint. I was a little, I have to say, I was a little disappointed because you weren't painting with the same brush you were painting in the other style that you were in. More like watercolor. Sure. And, And more realistic. But I took, like, what I learned from you from seeing that art show, and then I did... I did some collaborations, and then I went on an artist retreat with Andy Heck Boyd, who yep. is an artist in Exeter, who I am just crazy about his yeah. work. He is he's self-taught, and yeah. so I watched how he handled the brush. And actually watching you and watching Andy gave me sort of permission to start oil painting. I don't know a thing about it. Right. I don't know anything about yeah, it. I see some oil paintings yeah, here. Yeah, like, and I was, I posted that one, and someone said, like, wow, you're an oil painter. And yeah. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I am, I, this is, like, the first oil painting I've ever well, done. Well, the brush strokes are, in oil painting in general, can can be very visceral and very, like, I don't know, there's, there's a, there's an that's, intensity to them. That's what I love about yeah. your work. It's so immediate, and it's intense, and your, your colors are bold, and the, the stroke is, like, confident. And I, I love how those works feel. They're just, you know, Scott David Chase. That's yeah. like your, those are, I feel like super strong. Yeah. And I even like to see those, like, I'd love to see you do life-size portraits of people. Like, yeah, it was, really blow it out and be like, wow. It's funny because I found, you know, that portrait that I did of you, I found that whole series of the, the split canvases ones. And oh, I looked so at it. Cool. But it, it's funny because I tried doing something in that vein maybe three or four months ago and I was, but just the work that I've done, like I found myself keep slipping into trying to do too much realism. And it's one of those things that like I go through different stages where I'm doing stuff and to try and intentionally do something that doesn't necessarily feel natural anymore. Like it felt weird. Do you know what I mean? Like right. I was like, I don't know if I can get back to that place, but um, because I also use that in a lot of my animal paintings, right. and they give it they they create so much movement that mm-hmm. the that the paint becomes alive. Not yeah. the painting becomes alive, but the paint is interact like it. The way you put your colors and your brushstroke, they become they become alive. Yeah, they're they're really animated to me, yeah. and I love them. It, it's funny. I try and. You know, when I see something that I want to paint, I'm trying to decide which way to tackle it. Because a lot of my, you know, a lot of the painting I'm doing now with the limited time is my realistic like portraits. Uh, particularly, I mean, I've done a lot of I, I've done a lot of uh, female nudes recently, and those are more. Like, I've, I've been working a lot on my realism with human form. Because the biggest thing for me was I, I've been able to do faces for a long time. And then kind of taking a step back, literally, with the references and, and doing the whole body was a, you know, a challenge for me. Um, and now, I I don't know, like, I feel like I'm, I have a, a better knowledge and understanding of human musculature and stuff like that. So I, I think that's a big part of why... I've been doing that, and, you know, also, you know, people have been drawing the female form for, you know, right, thousands those, of years. Those S-shapes are beautiful. Right, yeah. It's, it's funny, because I've done, 
few men too, uh, but it's definitely don't get the same response that right. you know doing the female form. But but and I think we've talked about it before. Like I I always being a male artist, um, you know, being a heterosexual male artist, I struggle with the uh, is this am I objectifying? Is this but but you know? And we've talked about how almost everyone that I uh, paint. Uh, particularly people who I paint in the nude are people that I know in real life. And that's important to me because I have the internet. If I'm just looking for a right. nude body to paint, that's easy to find. Um, but it's been interesting over the last six months or so, I've had quite a few people reach out to me through Instagram saying, I really love your work. Would you be interested in painting me? So a lot of people now send me reference photos and I'm like, sure, I'll give it a shot. That's so, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I, we've talked about it because I always want to see some fat portraits. Like, mm -hmm. I want to do that. I, I just think it's like I never see people, well, like Lucian Freud and some, some like the famous artists, like they've done it before, but I don't see like my peers right. saying like, okay, I want to do, I don't know. That's I the, I, you know, I don't know why I want to see it. I want to see it because I, I, well, maybe because seeing ourselves represented in art. I don't know if you saw that self portrait that I posted. Uh, I did a, mo I did a nude self portrait uh, this winter. Oh, I did specifically because, and it's funny because I had quite a, not quite a few. I had a few people reach out to me, including a couple family members, saying how gross it was that I would post something like that. But and I, I put. But it, it honestly didn't hurt, and I'm surprised, but it honestly didn't hurt my feelings, because I, I posted a very um, honest thing, and I said, you know, because a couple people had reached out to me and be like, you know, you're always posting these images of perfect bodies, and, and I was like, well, these are all, these are all people that I know, because so, one person even used the term, uh, impossible standard and i'm like well it's a real body walking around in in right and it's and it's you know the person that they were talking about in particular is a ballerina so uh it's very yeah athletic. they're going to be athletic and yeah. slender and uh and i said you know but um the the fact of the matter is most of the people that i've painted nude are people that have reached out to me saying hey would you be interested in that and it, it it's not a me you know, looking the person up and down and being like, sure, I'll paint you nude. You know, I've made the decision. It's someone reaching out to me is pretty much all I need regardless. Um, right. And I, I don't know if it's because, uh, typically heavier people maybe aren't as comfortable with their bodies that I haven't had, you know. Right. Well, I, I was just thinking that the one that you just posted with the grapefruit and the woman and sort of opening herself up, I was just thinking to myself, like, I wish that painting was about me. Yeah. Like that, that painting to me is about a, is about what, for me, it's about what men think is sexy. So right. I would like to be, I would like to be the subject of that painting with the body, right. that, my body, the way it is right. doing the same thing. So I, I almost feel like I wish I was being objectified. Sure. If, if you are objectifying, which I don't think you're, you're, portraiture is 
is objectification, but if you are, gosh, I want you to do it about me. Right. You know, and I think this is part, I think this is an attitude that a lot of people maybe is a, is not a, um, it's not a, a very safe thing to talk about. Like, right. I, I want you to objectify me, but I mean, just kind of like emotionally and psychologically in my mind, it's like, well, the women that are objectified, they're they're objectifying them because they think they're pretty or they have a certain right. standard. But you know, so I, I feel weird about that because I want to be a woman who somebody thinks is pretty sure. and who fits that standard. And at the same time, I do want to have one, maybe a little shock value that mm-hmm. this is my body and you know, here it is. Deal with yeah. it. That's why I did the Michael Penny portrait, the right. corner portraits. Yeah, because I just thought I had something I wanted to say. It was about, it, you know, it, I, I had a strong artist statement and I wanted, these, I wanted these photographs of me nude with these big X's on my body. And I remember when you posted that and there was, and I don't remember who the person was, but I think it was a relative who was it, like... Yeah, it was my, my really young nephew. But I, he's like, you blasted me. Yeah. And I was, yeah, what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say, and I didn't comment because it wasn't my artistic thing to put out there but I was just kind of like well you're following an artist like that's how I felt yeah. but after talk there are so many people that came to me and said you know you really should have put a trigger warning on it and I I listened I listened right. to, sure. to people and why they said they wanted the warning the reason why they wanted the warning was exactly why I didn't want the warning sure so I but afterwards, I thought, you know, if I do it again, I will put a warning. Because I, I don't want to scar anyone. Sure. Or... And w- when you said trigger warning, because people can't hear it, I rolled my eyes. But <laughs> and not, not at you. It, no, the I, I get it. trigger warning. But having said that, you know, I did a show. I was involved in a show last summer that involved rape. Um, it, it didn't sh- depict it, but it is talked about. And that's the that, that is what the show is about. And... I made a conscious effort because I struggled with it uh, about well, a big part of this artistic statement is because you don't know off the bat this is what this show is about. And I was like, it, you know, does it take power away from it? But I was like, at the end of the day, I don't want to damage anyone. Right. Um, and, you know, it is certainly uh, a trigger. And, uh, and unfortunately, I know plenty of people who have, you know, been either raped or you know molested and you know and so i ultimately i said hey this is a show it's certainly not for everyone i was like um it deals with sexual violence it's talked about very frankly so please don't feel bad if you can't go to this don't feel like you're not supporting me or anything like that i said you know this is something for my own reasons I right. felt the need to do this, uh, but this is what it's about, and it's certainly it's it's going to stir conversations. But you know, it it, it can be difficult. So, um, I just I, I and, and this you know this this is like tip of the iceberg for a whole another conversation. But the idea of trigger warnings, I do think it is it it can be important, but I also think some of the increase in in social anxiety that we see particularly in generation that's younger than us has to do with um too much protection i mean i 
I have this thought whenever I go to work at Trader Joe's because I, I was there last night, like I said, and I there's a guy right in front of me getting a cart and he gets that gets that sanitizer sanitizer and wipes the the handle down and I was like, you know, and he was probably five years older than me and I'm like, you know, you're 45 to 50 years old, you've made it this far and you know what. You know, you touched plenty of dirty uh, shopping cart handles in your life, yet somehow you're still here. Maybe you don't need to do that. Like, and you know, that's what, but not only germs build your immune system. And right. I think. Right. Seeing, and those valuable fucked up experiences that we had that were terrible inform right. us. Like, yeah. I wish that somebody had given me some trigger warnings when I was in Hebrew school before. I saw bodies being bulldozed into, into giant graves. Right. Like, I wish there was this thing about trigger warnings when I was 10. But now I'm seeing that, like, yeah, you know, yeah, of course, 10-year-olds need to be protected from that. But 17-year-olds should be able to deal with it. Sure. And, and I don't, but, I mean, going on that, I saw something on, a, on an account that I follow on Instagram that, that I love that, horrified me um and it's it, it's not it's it's a it's a pig that someone posts pictures of their pet pig and it was juxtaposed with pictures of pigs who had been abused in a pork farm and you know and it was it was horrifying and you know and they even in their story said you know we don't normally post stuff like this but this is you know it was basically talking about how this was a place within 20 miles of where they lived and you know and but to me, and, and I didn't complain or anything like that, because, and, and the way I feel about that when people, because people always report nudity on Instagram, right. uh, I'm just like, just unfollow it if it bothers you. Like, why why do you have to be a goalie for the world? Right. Uh, but. Uh, I, I feel that way too. Yeah. It's like, not everything is for everyone. I mean, I do my movie review podcast and I'll talk about stuff and there are movies that I don't like and I'm like, I didn't like this, but I, this was not made for me, and that's right. okay. I'm like, that doesn't mean it's a bad movie. It's just something that I didn't enjoy. So if you like stuff like this, you're probably going to like it. Uh, right. But I don't like this type of movie, but, you know, whatever. But it's amazing to me that how much violence and mistreatment of animals is acceptable, but the female body, oh, God, that's 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 horrible. I just think it's because you're a god. You know what I mean? If... If you were a woman painting a, a woman's body, I don't think anyone's going to say anything. But I well, think it's like just... it sets up this this idea that that you, as a man, are objectifying this woman. And even if you are, like, you, why not? She's yeah. a beautiful. I mean, in the painting, she's not a person. In right. the painting, she's the painting. You know. So in for me, in some ways, I I am objectifying it. I'm putting some experience down on a two-dimensional surface and I'm making that an object mm -hmm. and I want people to see it as an object I also want them to see her as a as a beautiful woman and right. and separate from object but I, I think you're facing something different because you're you're a man painting women's bodies I, I think that's true but I also look at it as like I said almost all these people are people I have a relationship with so in essence I have been given consent from this person Absolutely. to create an image objectifying their body in a certain way. So, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't have, we've talked about it before because I wanted to know what, yeah. where you were coming from. And mm -hmm. 
like that I, I know your stance now, I don't have any problem. Yeah. But, and I didn't really have any problem with no. your paintings before. No, you but know, it was it's nice to It's nice to know what's behind, what's behind, in the artist's mind. Sure, you know? for sure, for sure. Well, this is unfortunately I have to I have to end the conversation. <laughs> it been, would go on forever. Well, that's the thing, and like you know, certainly I'd love to sit down with you again and you know continue the conversation or start it up again. Good. Know. Maybe I'll get to see you once next year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, this has been at least twice. Twice, this year. I know. Yeah. I know. I mean, I mean, it's funny that we kind of talk about that because when we shared a studio space, we saw each other at least once a week, if not more. But, I know, um, and we got shit for talking. <laughs> But again, different people work in different ways. That like, is true. It's funny, though, because like while I really valued that and what I loved about that space uh, was connecting with other artists, but I didn't create a whole lot of work when there were other artists there, which is fine because that's part of my process. But I also know that it impedes some other people's process. Right. So. I'm back in that space right now, and it feels so new, and I'm ex- so so excited about it. Yeah, and it's um, it more community. Nice. Yeah. Thanks, Scott. Thank you. Mm-hmm.